Today on Give First, Deborah Gladney joins me. She's an amazing entrepreneur from Techstars 2021 in Iowa. She had a company called Quick Hire, still has it. It's growing. It's a cool company. You're going to hear all about it. We're also going to talk about her experience as a black woman raising money in the venture capital world. She talks about building a team of champions. She talks about people being intentional, not just mentoring, but also investing. That's coming up right now on Give First. Hi, everyone. This is David Cohen, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Brad Feld. Hey, Brad. And this is the Give First podcast. And in the startup world, Give First means simply trying to help anyone, especially entrepreneurs, without any expectation of getting anything back. So we'll be talking to mentors and founders about what Give First looks like in action and how it makes great entrepreneurship possible. We polled everyone, and they said consistently that their favorite part of the show was the legal mumbo-jumbo. So here it is. The following discussion is an expression of personal opinion and does not represent the opinion of Techstars or any company we discuss. Our conversations for informational purposes only, including any mention of securities or funds. This is not legal business investment or tax advice and is not intended for use by any investor. Certain of Techstars funds own or may own in the future securities in some of the companies discussed in this podcast. Got it? Deborah, welcome to the show, Give First. We're really excited to have you on. I want to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about Quick Hire, the story, and what you're up to today. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Um, so Quick Hire is a career discovery platform for the service economy. So what that means is we partner with restaurants, retailers, and hotels. We aim to find them the right talent first and foremost. And then we come along job seekers in this industry. We help them continue to advance in their careers. Uh, most people that are connected to the service industry know that retention is a massive problem. On average, the average service industry worker stays about a month and 26 days. And so for us, it's about trying to find career pathways within the industry. So at the end of the day, employers win by hanging on to talent longer, and then job seekers win by continuing to find advancement and fulfillment within the service industry. What sorts of brands are you working with today to do this? Yeah, so some of the brands that we've had the honor of working with today, Hobby Lobby, to Kona Grill, STK restaurant to some QSRs like Dunkin' Donuts are a few brands that we work with. Awesome. And you were part of Techstars Iowa. Yes. So you had that experience. That was in (laughs) 2021, correct? Yes. Proud Techstars Iowa alum over the summer of 2021 under Curdy Lovey. Awesome. I want to circle back to that experience, but sort of as part of the trajectory of the company, you've now raised some capital, I believe. Talk about that capital raise and your investors just at a high level so people have that context? Yes. So total raise to date, almost $2 million. And just for context, we started putting pen to paper on the company in April 2020. So we haven't been around super long. We obviously had Techstars, we had an angel, then we did a pre-seed round on the heels of Techstars last year. That's awesome. So people listening might be saying, okay, so you've got a company that's that's come out, raised a couple million dollars, maybe not that unusual a story mm-hmm. for, for tech stars to, to sort of have some success in raising some money out of the program. But when you sort of put it up against the, what is it, 0.3% of all mm-hmm. venture capital funding that goes to black women, it's an important one. And it's one that when we look at, say, the, all of the last 12 months, you see maybe 80 deals like yep. this that even happen, just not that many. Yep. And we obviously all have a vested interest in 
seeing more of that. And I think a lot of people listening would love to understand the experiences you've had, what you run up against in raising capital, and maybe some of your ideas for you know, affecting change over time. And so maybe talk a bit about your own personal experiences in, in raising that capital, how that went for you, and, and sort of some of the things you ran into in that process. Yeah, happy to share. I think that from the beginning of starting Just Quick Hire, we knew that we were kind of behind the starting line, um, you know, further back than than others. Um, it, just by figuring out how to even start was a challenge. And then once we started hearing about venture capital dollars and additional resources that could help us grow the business, we didn't have any connections. And so for us, initially, we just started doing research on different VCs and we would go on the websites and on a lot of the websites, they didn't even have contact information. So we knew from the beginning that there was some type of insider play here where warm intros and all of that was going to be a thing. So right off the bat, we just knew, okay, well, we don't really have many connections there. So let's just build as much as we can and hopefully the rest will follow. But even as we built and we started to gain some traction, just even the raising process, I could tell that there was definitely some disparities between you know our experience and what we were seeing. Luckily, having exposure to other founders through Techstars, that's one of the beauty of Techstars is that you're connected to other founders, other people who are going through similar processes like yours. So we were actually able, for the first time, able to have some data points and we would share our experiences of, hey, we're revenue generating, but we're really having a tough time. People aren't really giving us commitments or, you know, if so, they're really lowballing us with our valuation, etc. When some of our counterparts who were pre-revenue, less traction, etc., were able to get higher valuations and more excitement. So some of those things is what we started to notice as we started to go along down the path of venture capital. But I think for us, really, after we were able to successfully raise, what was so apparent was how rare it was because we didn't realize that we were actually the first Black women in Kansas to even raise a million dollars or more in venture capital. And so that even tells you, I mean, it was 2021. And to be the first like that, I think tells you just, the again, the disparities that are apparent in the industry. Yeah, you didn't hear the number wrong when I said it earlier. I think it's 0.3% of venture capital dollars, and it's only 3 to 4% of the numbers I hear for women in general. Yeah. So yeah. it is clearly a challenge. I want to dig into some of the things you talked about. You said you didn't feel like you had the connections. Mm-hmm. How did you work through that? Did you end up needing the connections, or were they cold outreaches, or did the network somehow help you? So in the beginning, when we really didn't know much before we knew about Techstars or anything about startup world, we did do cold outreach. It obviously didn't get us very far. You know, we had a few people get back to us, but they were all no's, but at least they responded to us. And so my sister and I, she's the one I co-founded the business with. We had a little bit in savings, not a lot. We don't come from money. So we just kind of took what we had and we're like, hey, if we can at least get just some type of product in the app store was like our goal. We could just get a product out there. Then that way we can start getting users on there and start actually verifying this is actual product. And so that was really our main focus. So once we actually had a, a product, then we're like, let's just get the word out there about it and try to get some traction. And so our actual, our first investor saw us in an article and reached out to us. And so that's how we got our first investor. 
And then you talked about running into the problem of evaluations, right? Just like, yeah, we're, we're interested, but not getting the same type of pricing that you think someone else might get. How, how did you sort of deal with that? It was really challenging and eye-opening. And we knew that the valuation that we were going for was really, really fair and honestly, even undervaluing ourselves. And so we didn't realize how big of a problem it was until investors talk, venture capitalists talk to each other. And I got lucky enough to be able to get really close to one of my investors who would just share insight with me or share things that she was hearing. And she told me, she's like, hey, I actually had a conversation with another investor that you pitched. And they were just like, oh, that that is just way too high of a valuation. And mind you, this was extremely much lower than our counterparts as we talked about. And she told me, she was like, you're going to keep running into this, just being a Black woman, know that like I'm behind you. But these are some of the conversations that you may not even know or may not ever even hear behind closed doors that are going on there. For us, I think it was really important to find those very few folks that believed in us and, and really utilize them to the max. So sometimes people can get really guarded or they want to know every conversation. But for me, I there were a few that really believed in us and I let them be our advocate. If there were any referrals or anything, like I would always ask them, hey, can you speak to this other investor for me? And I feel like I've really been able to build a team of champions for me that have been alongside me in this fight to where I'm not necessarily fighting the battle by myself anymore. I think that's really well said and important. I think that's, that's one of the things we talk about in the context of the Techstars Accelerator, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that you need to work with every mentor here or yes. throw hundreds at you. Yeah. It's that there's probably two, three, four that are going to have a big impact long term. And it's probably the same with, with sort of getting champions involved in general, investors involved. Right now that you have some investors involved, they're going to advocate right there on they're on your team and want to see you win, right? So yep, yep. they're going to make intros. So it's, it's not that you have to get everyone. You have to get some people that really click and really care. So yep. that's great advice. When you think about the process you went through, was the bias like palpable? Like, did you feel that everywhere you went or was it more like, oh, we're just getting a lot of passes and, you know, we just have to work through it. Yeah. Because I assume it's out there and I assume you feel it, but I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a really good question because to be honest with you, at first there was nothing. And I've never experienced anything that's like blatant, like calling out my race or calling out my gender or anything like that. There were a couple few no's that didn't really make a lot of sense. You could tell that they were trying to find a, a reason that was kind of odd, but you know, I'm sure other founders received that. I will say that there was one experience that I had that made me question, hey, would an investor treat another founder that looked differently the same way? So we we were doing a great job raising our round to a point where we were actually oversubscribed. And I came in contact with an investor that tried to come in really late. And, you know, unfortunately, one, I just didn't feel like it was a good fit. I could already just tell, you know, when you vibe with someone, when you talk to them, sure. you, you you can tell that it's not probably going to be an ideal working relationship. But then on top of that, you know, we didn't want to take on additional dilution, all these factors. And so I told them, hey, you know, we're oversubscribed. We don't have much space left, but, you know, we'd love to keep you in the loop. We're just now met each other and this is not going to be the last time that we raised. So he ended up sending an email out to one of my investors and essentially badmouthed me and said that I'm not a smart founder, all of these things. 
And luckily, the investor that they bashed me to was one of those few cheerleaders that I had. And so, you know, they called me and they were like... It doesn't sound like an amazing way to get into your next round. Exactly, exactly, (laughs) right? I'm like, well, I'm definitely scratching you off my list. But, you know, essentially was trying to kill the deal and dog me and, and say I'm not a good founder because he's really smart and why wouldn't I take, you know. So it was one of those moments where I was like, hey, you know, if I look differently... Would you do this the same thing? So that's probably the only blatant thing that I might have experienced. Sorry that happened, but you know, at least you figured out who yeah, you were dealing with and exactly. they don't want, to, don't want to spend any more energy on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so now you're at the point where you've raised this capital, you've got the business, you're working on it, things are going great, you've got these champions. Are you continuing to build the network in advance of you know, sort of next round or is it really just heads down mode right now and figure out, you know, what you do for fundraising in the future? Yeah. Continuing to build the network is something that I I never stop doing, whether they end up being investors or just being a great strategic partner or a champion or a mentor or what have you, I think is always a good thing. The more quick hire ambassadors we can get out there in the world is only going to help us. But yes, continuing to, to build the network it is one thing. And then, you know, even the current economic environment for founders is already challenging as it is. And now it's like, man, it's already difficult raising as a minority, raising as a woman, and now raising with this economic, just what's happening in the market makes it even more challenging. So I know that I'm going to have to work 10 times harder and cast a net that's even larger in order to continue to move forward. So still continuing to truck on that. I mean, think about the other entrepreneurs that are listening or investors that are listening. What are your thoughts on what they can all do, uh, specifically entrepreneurs and investors, to improve the situation over time, to eliminate the sort of bias or the, you know, I got to have a connection or I got to understand the terminology or I got to deal with the half price valuation, low ball stuff. How do we all make that better in your mind? What are some of your ideas? You know, I think first off, representation is such a big thing. So obviously that requires, you know, some of the funds being intentional about looking at who has a seat at the table. So that goes to who's making the investment decisions, who's actually the decision maker at your fund and and who do those folks look like? What backgrounds do they represent? What diverse perspectives do they represent? But also in your portfolio, you know, what does that look like and, and really challenging yourself there? But I also think that we need more black women, more minorities, not taking no for an answer by just taking a chance on their ideas and coming into the space. I think uh, that has been really difficult for me actually is trying to even have more black founders, black women in this space. Either they'll say it's too difficult, I don't have the capital or all these different things, um, you know, and trying to just not take no for an answer. I think would be it would just be more helpful to have more people in this space that look like me because I think that we can have a grassroots effort, if you will, by getting more people in the industry. Absolutely. I just got back from the US Open. I saw Serena Williams last tennis tournament and thinking, you know, about and seeing the impact of, of just people who just go and do it and break through and set the example and and become the inspiration, just encourage waves of other people to do it, right? And so, you know, when you're on the forefront of that, taking the arrows, it's not so easy, but it does make a huge difference to have kind of role models and people who say, yeah, they did it, I can do it too. Absolutely, absolutely. That's pretty awesome. And then for investors, any 
candid advice for investors about how to think differently about this? Yeah, you know, I think it's one thing to put up a statement on your website, but it's a whole different thing to actually look at where your investment dollars are going and doing something differently about it. Because I think that we all have goals, we all have things that we put actually on, you know, a piece of paper that we put on a website. But actually, when you look at the data, when you look and see where are my dollars actually going and what can I do? Like, am I actually moving the needle? I think is the question that a lot of investors need to to actually look at. And looking at companies too, when you look at like who is actually, you know, the co-founder or what have you. So one of the things that I've noticed too is that I'm starting to see more and more black men win, which is awesome. You know, that is super, super exciting and is a step in the right direction. But that doesn't mean that you could just check off the box and say, we're completely diverse, you know, just challenging people to kind of take it a step further and to dive even deeper versus just checking a box on the diversity box is probably the biggest thing that I I would challenge investors to do. And we heard this from a lot of our alumni and network mentors over the years. And if you're following along, we just raised an $80 million fund through JP Morgan's uh, wealth platform from investors to invest in accelerator programs that you know try to have a, a diverse demographic that matches the cities that we're in. And we picked cities very deliberately, very intentionally. I think that's super powerful at the scale we do it because it's, you know, many hundreds of companies will be funded this way. And of course, we can hire more managing directors, right, that are learning how to be investors. Of course, a lot of them are going to be successful and become angel investors. We see that. So it takes a long time to turn the ship, but you can feel it turning. And I think it's, it is a moment uh, where a lot of people are, I think, sincere in their desire to, to sort of change or do better. But I think you're right that you've got to really look at the data and you got to do more than just offer mentorship, right? You got to offer capital. Oh my goodness. Tell me about it. I, I said this before, but minorities are probably the most over-mentored and underfunded. Everyone wants to just mentor, mentor, which is great. We need mentors, obviously. I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have really key strategic mentors, but it only gets us so far. If people are not writing the check or if people are not making the wire, we can only get so far. For sure. I mean, when you have someone that actually invests in you and then yeah. they give you network, right? yes. <laughs> then that's amplifying when it's just, hey, I'll try to give you some advice. Yep. The network amplification isn't as real because the first thing other people say is, are you investing? Right? Yes. And you're not. And so yes. it doesn't carry the same signal. So I think that's really key. Intentionality is a great word. And it's one we use a lot in terms mm. of tech stars. So mm-hmm. Deborah, thanks for sharing your story. It's, it's really awesome gift first in a way, right? Everybody listening, my ask of you is change one little thing, right? Do one little thing differently. Think about it differently. You can give first to QuickHire, right? By becoming a customer, you can think about funding an entrepreneur, right? That that comes from a different type of background, different network. You can think about talking to investors, you know, and, and getting them engaged in this conversation. And if everybody does one little thing to give first, we'll keep making a dent in this problem and we'll see these numbers rise, which it should. So love it. Love it. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot for listening to the show today. We'd love to hear your feedback, ideas, or who you'd like to hear next on Give First. And please leave a rating and review, ideally a good one, and reach out anytime to podcasts at techstars.com or on Twitter, I'm at David Cohen. 
See you next time. Don't forget, give first.